Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this uh, wonderful and beautiful Sunday day. Give me just one second. Due to some technical difficulties I've been having, tell you what, it's been a heck of a day today with technology, and uh, it has just been one thing after another. Just this morning, uh, trying to get the word out. Uh, it had uh, it ran great uh, on the website. Uh, while dad was singing and just as soon as he went to uh, uh, preach it, it says it wants the internet connection wants to drop and uh, so uh, I was scrambling around trying to get the computer restarted get that going and I'll take this uh, and then uh, this evening had everything set up ready to go hit the button and all of a sudden the thing froze up had to restart the computer again having problems here on uh, social media I tell you the old devil does not want uh, this to go out at all so uh, he uh, just wanted to cause uh, trouble and because uh, he don't want the word to go out and uh, um, me and Brandy got in a little fuss earlier and it just uh, uh, just something you know constantly and because uh, 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 apparently there's something must be going to be said tonight that he don't want or what was said today he didn't like which I know he didn't like his dad did a great job and I'm not just saying that because he's my dad but uh, he did a great job singing and bringing the message and uh, I know everybody was super super excited exactly and uh, I think he did a great job so I'm glad everybody could applaud that and uh, in, in agreement uh, with me so but uh, uh, let's see here if you want to look in your Bibles we're going to look at Galatians chapter 6 uh, verse 9 Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 for our opening scripture this evening so I'll give everybody just a second to turn there just in case that uh, uh, we uh, you got your Bibles and iPads and all that good stuff but, uh, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 and let us not grow weary of doing good, for a due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. And as me peppy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. So, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. If we, Oh, well, uh, I'll, you know, if you have any prayer concerns, I should have guessed should have said this before I started reading. Uh, put that on the uh, comment section here, and uh, uh, and so we can all pray together. Uh, I know that I get a lot of uh, people uh, daily uh, asking uh, for prayer for different uh, situations, and of course uh, I can't always uh, uh, remember them all. But hey, when you put them on here like this, we can all come together and pray, and over whatever situation that you may be battling or dealing with, or or someone you know may be going through something trying, and that way we can all. Uh, come together and pray so um, <clears throat> feel free to put those uh, on there if uh, if you want so let's go ahead and have a word of prayer now Father Lord we just thank you love you and praise you uh, Lord thank you so much for this wonderful and beautiful day that you blessed us with thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your love uh, Lord thank you for giving us such a beautiful day uh, for us to enjoy uh, we know that this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it and Lord uh, I just want to lift up any prayer requests or prayer concerns and uh, Lord specifically I want to lift up uh, Kim Penix to bring healing upon her and be with her and Robert and I pray that you'll be with Ginger Hood and Troy 
Great to be Linda, David Feathers, and uh, Murph, uh, Roger Winters, and uh, just pray to be with the Trivet family. I know they're going through a lot right now, and uh, uh, so many uh, other prayer requests and concerns. And I just pray protection, of course, upon my mom and dad, and my father-in-law, mother-in-law, my wife, my kids, and uh, that you'll protect them and keep them safe during all this. And uh, Lord, just uh, be with this nation. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, uh, trying to think announcement-wise, of course, we'll uh, continue uh, with the online uh, on Sunday night and Wednesday nights for a little while, and uh, uh, of course, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we'll continue on with our studies, and uh, Sunday, we're still kind of up in the air as to how, how we're going to approach that, depending on the weather. Uh, of course, Sunday is Mother's Day, and uh, we won't have any evening service on uh, Sunday, uh, so we everybody can spend time with their, their families or time and reflection, what have you, and uh, so we won't have any uh, evening services coming Sunday. So don't forget if your if your mothers are still alive, be sure to get them a little something. And uh, I know there's a lot of people uh, that uh, who are their mothers are no longer with them. And I know that this time of year, holidays particular, when you've lost loved ones, can be uh, particularly trying. And so uh, let's be sensitive about that. Uh, let's keep uh, those individuals in prayer. Uh, I know it can be a very emotional time. Seeing several posts already of people who've, uh, who are missing their mothers. And so uh, let's really keep these people in prayer. I know they're going to really need uh, uh, peace and strength uh, uh, during this holiday. And uh, so we need to... Make sure we're always sensitive uh, to those situations. So, but anyway, uh, well, I see. I'm trying to think. I guess that's really about it for right now. And um, I can think of. I can't really think of anything else. So, oh well. well let's go ahead and look at our scripture this evening. Uh, we're going to look at uh, Hebrews chapter six, and we'll look at verses four through eight of Hebrews chapter six. So I'll give everybody just a second uh, to turn there if you would like to that would be great Galatians chapter 6 4 through 8 so all right it says for it is impossible in the case of those who have been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again in holding up him up to contempt for land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful for to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But it bears thorns and thistles. It is worthless and nearing to be cursed and its end is to be burned. And let's go ahead and have another word of prayer and we'll dive into this. Therefore, Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to, uh, uh, to spread the good news of the gospel. Uh, Lord, lead us in this teaching this evening. Guide us and watch over us. And Lord, uh, let us glean from this what you want us to know. And Lord, let us be used to be edified, to be equipped, and most importantly, to glorify you. We just thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so let's take a look at this here. Now, uh, let's look at this first part here, and uh, again, we're in Hebrews 6, uh, verse 4, and uh, this is, um, uh, I'm in the English Standard Version, so I know some people said, man, what are you, what are you reading? I don't, don't say what my Bible saying, so I'm in English Standard Version, so if you're translation, particularly if you're in the King James, it may uh, be a little different, so, but um, for it's impossible, uh, for it's impossible in the case of those who have been enlightened, 
Now, uh, when we look at that word uh, enlightened, uh, you know, we can uh, see it as, um, uh, as illumination. Uh, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Okay, and uh, and you know that light pierces the darkness. Of course, you you know there there's been uh, uh, tales of of those who were lost who didn't know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. And they said uh, when, when they heard about the good news of the gospel, when they heard about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. It was like a a light uh, being shot through a, a dense fog of a and, and a dark night and illuminated something within. And they you know it it, it, it was that brought understanding. Uh, that they never thought about before or, or understood before, and, uh, and that's how that that is looked at. Now, uh, there is uh, uh, when looking at this word enlightenment, uh, there is a um, Greek word uh, photissimo uh, that uh, that we get uh, when we look at this word enlightenment, uh, and um, and we're also closely related to the word baptism, and the fact that uh, when we see that uh, that there was the the in the thinking, or obviously this is wrong thinking, all right, that um, uh, that when you sinned after baptism, that you could not be forgiven. So, as a result, a lot of times uh, the people would wait uh, before, right before they, as close as they could before death, to get baptized because they were in fear that if they sinned after baptism, that they would not be forgiven. Now, Obviously, that is erroneous. Obviously, that is wrong. Uh, you know, we discussed this in some length uh, uh, in, in this teaching in Hebrews that obviously, you know, baptism does not save you. All right, we understand that. For those who, you know, uh, have not heard this, uh, let me just briefly uh, go back over just one more time that when you are saved, when you pray the sinner's prayer, when you understand, accept Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, that is when you are saved. All right, that is it. You are saved. Uh, get you know if you if you drop dead the next day or you never get baptized you are saved you're going to heaven all right baptism is encouraged because of uh, what Jesus by his own example and of course he said go you know the great commission go forth and baptize the name of the Father Son the Holy Spirit you know and so uh, you know it is an outward sign of an inward change it's symbolic of the washing away of the of the old sin uh, no, old you and raising up in the newness in Christ it is uh, you know it's demonstrating to everybody else that the the decision you have made to follow Jesus Christ so that's all that is and honestly, you're going to sin after you baptize. So that, you know, because we are imperfect people. All right. So to, to have that kind of idea that they were having uh, that um, uh, that if you sin after baptism, you could be forgiven. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's ludicrous. Uh, obviously, we're going to sin. There's no way to, to reach any level of perfection. And we're going to dive into something here in just a minute. Just bear with me. I'm going to kind of go over some things and then we're going to back up and, and look at something here in just a minute. All right. So bear with me. All right. So that was one thought who have tasted the heavenly gift, all right? Uh, when you look at that taste of the heavenly gift, uh, the understanding of uh, the forgiveness of sins, understanding that free gift of salvation, taste of those things of God, that we understand that uh, Jesus Christ, uh, that by, you know, there's no works on our own, there's nothing we can do, it is free gift of salvation that we're able to uh, come into the presence of God. And that that, uh, that bridge, you know, that sin that uh, separates between us and God, that is, you know, that, that bridge has been gapped by Jesus Christ uh, and his, his saving, atoning work on the cross. You know, it still blows my mind, somebody told me recently, uh, there's a local church in the area, which I'm sure there's more than one, 
the one specifically uh, that they don't even teach substitutionary atonement of the cross. They, that uh, that they have a family member that goes there and uh, don't even know what that is, and it's never taught. That, that blows my mind, man. I mean, that blows my mind. What do you teach it? You know, I mean, if 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 you're not teaching the substitutionary atonement of Christ on the cross, what in the world? I mean. How are you leading people to the Lord? What 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 are you teaching? I, I, I just I, 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 it's just it's just beyond me. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way I was raised. Maybe it's my it goes to my education, uh, my understanding of salvation, uh, understanding uh, election, predestination, and understanding these things. And I just I don't know. I for the life of me, I don't understand how you can run a you know be a pastor. And get up there. Well, I, mean, I don't know. Apparently, some of these pastors get up there and just just run off the mouth with a bunch of fluff. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know. It must be kind of like um, what was that guy on Saturday Night Live? And he would look in the mirror and he says, "You're wonderful. You're loved." And gosh darn it, I love me too. You know, Stewart or is that what his name? I can't remember. But is that what you're telling? <laughs> you wonder if that's what some of these churches are teaching. Because you are wonderful. You be the best you can be. Oh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's all thing I can figure uh, is that's what they're teaching. Is uh, how great and wonderful you are. You know, that's one thing God's word talks about is that we don't suffer from low self-esteem. The problem is we think too much of ourselves. That's that's our biggest problem is pride and covet. And that—that that is the things that we have to remember. We have to die of self. And I mean, I don't know if churches are teaching that or not, but I, I don't know what else they could be teaching. If they're not teaching Jesus, they're not teaching uh, the cross, they're not teaching uh, the things uh, that uh, of salvation and heaven and hell and, uh, and hitting, you know, talk. I don't know. It just it blows my mind. I just I don't get it. I, don't, I honestly don't get it. But anyway, let's. <laughs> sorry, sorry for that rant. This has been it's been on my mind. It's, it just drives me crazy. I was telling Dad about this the other day. It just. I don't know. I just it's just crazy. But anyway, <laughs> have and have uh, let's see where was we at? Are being enlightened of teaching the heavenly gifts and shared in the Holy Spirit. Now remember, the Holy Spirit, the the Paracletos, uh, is there to help us, to guide us, to encourage us, not only to tell us things, but to guide us in how to do it. You know, so that's we don't remember when Jesus Christ ascended. Uh, you know, He didn't just leave us here on our own. He sent us the Holy Spirit uh, to guide us and to help us and to encourage us, so that we're not just here by ourselves. Uh, trying to, to do things on our own and uh, so that's a great thing you know that you know that even though that Jesus Christ he 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 died uh, I mean he, he was nailed to the cross he, he died and he rose again he didn't just say okay um, I'm done here figure it out on your on your own he didn't you know he still sent a helper to encourage us and to get us through it's not I mean to me that is uh, a wonderful thing to know that we that he still sends a helper uh, the part of uh, the third part of the Trinity uh, to help us in those in, in our time of need and, uh, uh, and and so praise God for that um, and have uh, tasted the goodness of the word and the powers of the age to come now uh, tasted the goodness of the word. You know, when you see that goodness of the word, uh, we, we, you know, man is in the sea, uh, always seeking out truth. Uh, you know, it, it is uh, just like a, a blind person trying to seek out uh, light, you know, following the light. Uh, you know, man is always in uh, uh, trying to figure out uh, the meaning of life. And that's one great thing about God's Word. It is truth. Uh, it is immutable. It is non-changing. Uh, it is uh, the, the, 
the standard that all things should go by. You know, obviously we live in a wicked world and they don't. But, uh, you know, this is the one thing that we can understand. And when you want to understand the meaning of life, you know, there was a time in my life uh, that, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was really struggling. I, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. Uh, you know, I didn't know what to do in my life. You know, people always ask me, what are you going to do when you grow up? You know, and 47 years old, people still ask me when I want to grow up. But <laughs> it's, uh, you know, uh, what are you going to do? You know, and there's all these millions of possibilities of things to do. And, and I, I floundered around so much. And, and that's one thing I pray about for my kids. I'm like, God, please. You know, I, I felt like I was such a loser for so long before the Lord really drew me to the ministry. Uh, and just, I never stuck with anything. It was just, you know, I didn't know what to do with myself. I don't want my kids to be like it. I pray every day, God, give them discernment, give them wisdom, give them the, uh, to be able to, uh, to guide them exactly where you want them to be and what you want them to do. I don't want them to be uh, losers like I was when I was in my early 20s. I want them to uh, go to college and, and really, you know, whatever the Lord calls them to do. I don't care if he calls them to, uh, to sweep floors or to be an astronaut. If that's what God calls them to do, then that's what I want them to do, you know. Uh, but um, but I wasn't following after the Lord. I wouldn't do the things God wanted me to do. And uh, so I just floundered around. And so many times I asked, uh, you know, what is the meaning of life? What, why am I even here? Why do I even bother? And, you know, and it just it seemed like such a struggle. But when we see this here, that the, the, the goodness of the Word of God, see, that we understand the meaning of life. Why are we on this earth? What is the meaning of life? See, we have God's truth so that we can understand that. And one major thing to understand the meaning of life is to love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, and to love our neighbors ourselves. That is why we're here, to serve God to put away selfishness, to put away pride, to put away all these things that could stand between our relationship between us and God. That is why we're here, to serve an almighty God. And when you get so wrapped up and caught up in all these temporal things in the world and all these stupid things that don't matter to a hill of beans, those are the distractions. Those are the things that pull you away from God. And that's when you're flying around wondering, why am I here? What is the meaning of life? The meaning of life is why God put us here to serve Him. And that's what you need to be seeking out on your knees, praying every day, God, what would you have me to do? Where would you have me to go? It don't matter what career path that you're on. You know, God's put you in these places for a reason. Pray, God, who, who could I talk to today? Who can I share the gospel with? It don't matter if you're retired. You know, there, there's a couple right down the road here, sweet, wonderful people. And uh, they're retired, and they're constantly uh, on the go with the Samaritan's Purse and, and constantly helping rebuild places that have been devastated by uh, tornadoes or floods and, and constantly out there trying to minister. They didn't, when, they didn't, when they retired, they didn't dry up and say, well, life's over now. They got out there. They're still out there doing stuff. I got a lot of respect for these individuals. I really do. So just because you're retired doesn't mean it stops. In fact, it may just be beginning for you. You know, you don't have no distractions. Your kids are growing up. Uh, you may be looking for excuses to get away from your spouse. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, you know, you uh, uh, you know, but you can get on your knees and pray, God, where would you have me to go today? How can I minister? Who can I talk to? 
Maybe it's the cashier to Walmart, the waitress at the at restaurant, or whatever it may be. There may be somewhere for you to go and to minister. Get more active in church. We've got some great men uh, and ladies, too, who volunteer at the church and do a lot of things and uh, because they want to be used by the Lord. So it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're just beginning in life, like my kids are, or if you're retiring, God can use you in every and any capacity. So praise the Lord for that and seek that out daily. And you can't do that if you're sitting there binge-watching Netflix and thinking, oh, yeah, what did Matt say? Uh, yeah, Lord, what do you have me do today? Uh, I don't know. I keep well, That's not sincerity, is it? That's not sincerity at all. That's when you've got to uh, maybe get up early in the morning. And uh, that's what I do. That's my favorite time. Brandy and Madison's asleep. I can sit in here in my office and I can just spend some quality time with the Lord in prayer, reading my Bible. And, you know, I like that time. I like it. And, uh, and whatever time of day it is for you, you need to really get on your knees, seek out the Lord and say, what would you have me to do? All right. So we need to look at that. Now, moving on. Uh, it's, now, we also see here, it says, following way, uh, following way uh, ah, hold on, let me get back to where I was at here. Uh, Taste of the goodness of the word and the powers of the age to come. All right, now, that we need to, when we look at that age to come, there is the, uh, they looked at uh, the, this in two different ways. There was the age to come, all right, and there was the present age. The present age, the present age uh, was considered horrible and bad. The, 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 Future age uh, was um, uh, was goodness and, and great, and so that's how they looked at these 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 ages here. There's two different ways they looked at it. Now, uh, of course, you know we can look forward to the good things, uh, the future age, uh, the things of heaven, the things of God, uh, the things of His glory and His love, and and the fact that you know one day we get to be in heaven, no more pain, no more sorrow, uh, no more um, COVID, <laughs> no more uh, being quarantined in your homes, you know, we, we, we get to look forward to those things, but, but we can have, uh, we can have some understanding and, and have, and enjoy some of that now in the present age because of God's grace, because of the Holy Spirit, that encourager, because of those wonderful things, we get, we can understand, we can appreciate those things now because God, God's strength encourages. God's strength helps us to endure. God's strength helps us to persevere. God's strength helps us to, to have that peace that surpasses all understanding. So we can enjoy some of that now in the present age because of God's grace upon us. Now, if you don't have God in your life, then, well, then that's a problem. But, uh, uh, but for those of us who are saved, we can have those good things now. It don't always have to be everything has to be in the future. We can have that joy now. You know, that's one thing I, um, you know, I, I, uh, I pray about every day. You know, I, I, I can have, uh, if I'm not careful, my anxiety levels can be way up here. You know, I worry sick about my dad and my mom, and I worry sick about uh, my kids, and, you know, I don't know, my son, he's going on 20 years old, I don't know where he's at, I don't know where he's doing, he's living on his own, uh, I texted him the other day, um, they, in Unicoi, it's where he lives, they had a home invasion, what scared me, and I was like, are you okay, let me know if you're okay, well, he didn't respond, and it scared me to death, and I kept messaging him, saying, are you okay, you know, and he said, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, he said, I saw that on the news, you know, and it scared me, every time my daughter goes to uh, to work, you know, it worries me to death. And but, but, if it wasn't for the Lord, if it wasn't for His peace, I would be. They probably had to put me in a padded room. You know, used to I'd make fun of my dad, like, "What is his deal, man? Why does he worry so much?" I ain't that will be like him. Yeah, well, let my kids do what they want to. 
Now I understand. See, he's laughing now <laughs> because he'd always said, wait till you have your kids. Like, yeah, yeah. So now he gets to laugh because now I have to worry and deal with those things. But what gets me through it is God's peace. I know that God's got his hands upon them. He's going to protect them and they're going to be okay. And so that's all I can do is just give them to God and let it go. And whatever situation you're in, that's a wonderful thing to know, that we have God's peace now, that we have to give it to God. There are things that seem so huge, so big, that we don't know how to, how to handle it. But no matter how big it is, it's very small to God. And we know God is bigger than any addiction. We know that God is bigger than any anxiety. We know that God is bigger than any worry, any depression, anything we deal with. God is bigger and larger than anything we have to deal with. So praise God for that. That's why we can enjoy some of those present things now. All right, so that's that's a great thing that we can uh, understand uh, that today. Now, uh, and then we have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Now, um, <laughs> Dad said, uh, he sent me a text, suck it up, buttercup, now you get to worry. Oh, my poor father, always <laughs> always there to uh, to lend a hand of encouragement. <laughs> so I'm glad that uh, he can, can share that with me today. He's he's such a funny man. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, one day he'll get his. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love a little gadget. It's so much fun. But uh, so when we look at this here, uh, that um, uh, there could be, let's see here, they have fallen away to restore them again to repentance. Now, uh, one way this was described uh, in this falling away, uh, or uh, maybe a type of apostasy, uh, was there are those who may present themselves as Christians. But when times got tough, that um, they would renounce uh, their faith in God. Now, I want to come back to this here in just a minute, and you're going to see how I'm going to, uh, where, I, where I'm going with some of this here. But I'm just kind of hitting some highlights here, and then we'll go back and, and hit some things. Uh, but anyway, uh, they, were, you know, they were trying to say that uh, you know, when push comes to shove, it meant saving their own skin, they would renounce God. In fact, there was a story about, in, about Diocletian and, and the terrible persecutions. And, uh, and the story goes that if somebody tried to, to come to the church whatever, uh, they would say, well, uh, did you uh, uh, defend God or did you renounce God to save your own skin? And if they renounced God to save their own skin, well, then they'd shut the door in their face. Uh, there was another story uh, that they talked about. The um, oh, I went blank at the exact name of it, but anyway, the, remember this is just a story. This is not canon. This is not uh, scriptural by no stretch of imagination. This is just a story uh, in regards to this. Uh, that supposedly uh, Peter was um, in Rome, was about to be uh, persecuted, and that he, um, uh, in the Appian Way, he took off. And in the middle of the road uh, was Jesus Christ, and, um, uh, and and Peter questioned him as to why he was there. And he said, I'm going back to be crucified again. Since he was running, he was going to take his place. And, um, and so when uh, Peter felt that shame, he went back heroically and, uh, and was... Uh, gave his life for his faith in Jesus Christ. And again, that was just a story. All right? that, is, that is not biblical by no stretch of the imagination. So uh, 
then that's the, the that's the point here is that um, uh, you know where is your faith? Are you uh, strong enough? Or are you demonstrating the fruits of the spirit? Uh, you know, have you uh, questioned yourself as to as are you uh, a true Christian or are you playing Christian? Uh, are you um, uh, you know there's a lot of people out there that put on a good act or you know uh, last night we was talking about uh, uh, Samuel 16:7 you know talking about how God looks in the heart and not on the outward appearance there's a lot of people who put on outwardly a good appearance you know and, um, and that's one of the things I was talking discussing about last night uh, when uh, Dad sent me to Tri City Christian School I, uh, the story I told uh, I'll never forget it uh, if those who who watch the podcast please overlook. What I, this illustration uh, for those who didn't hear it, but uh, you know, I was talking about the pastor who went uh, to go visiting, and he went to one home, and it was all grown up, weeds and grass, tall, had never been mowed, up kept, the, the cars on uh, uh, on blocks, and uh, junk everywhere. He thought, oh, I dread going in here, and he knocks on the door slowly, opens the door, and the, the woman uh, and the man invites him in, and uh, and this side of the house was immaculate beautiful everything had its place everything dusted and he, he couldn't believe how nice and beautiful the inside of this home was well he goes to the next house and it uh, uh, the outside is beautiful immaculate weed eating and mowed hedges trimmed I mean the you know, the house was upkept new roof paint I mean he was like wow man I can't wait to see the inside of this place so he knocks on the door and the husband and wife greets him he uh, he comes in and it looks like an episode of Hoarders. Newspapers stacked to the ceiling, junk everywhere. You know, it's like you didn't even know where to walk and tripping over stuff. Well, that's, it goes to a lot of people. They can put on a good appearance and they can look good on the outside, but on the inside they are just corrupted and never given their life over to Jesus Christ. There are those out there, they may look rougher and cobs on the outside, you know, and uh, like a hairball like my dad, you know. <laughs> I'll never forget he signed his name one time or something, and this woman looked at him and said, you ought to be a doctor. He said, I am. She said, she looked at him, you know. So, you know, you never know by looking at somebody where their heart's at. And so there are those out there who can put on a, a good appearance, and uh, uh, but they uh, aren't really truly saved. And so, uh, so you know, they're we have to be careful about how we, we judge those books by their covers, you know, so uh, uh, that we they can understand that. But now, here's another thing uh, in regards to these, these verses that we're looking at reading this evening. Some have said that these may be, you know, even though I've tried to kind of break these down just a little bit, uh, that these could be considered one of the most difficult passages uh, to explain and to understand. All right, now... I'm going to read this through one more time, and then we're going to go back and look at something, all right? Now, again, we're looking at verses 4 through 8. Now, for, and I just described this, but I, I just feel like we need to read through it once more before I back up and, and hit some things here. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God, and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. For that land has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those who for whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God, but it bears thorns and thistles. It is worthless near to being cursed in its end to be burned. Now, 
reason why that some have difficulty with this passage is that um, there, I'm going to throw out some scenarios to you uh, for that how some people believe. There are those who are known as the Armenians. All right? And so they think that um, uh, if you're, uh, that once you're saved, see, you know, we're talking about here how it is uh, uh, that you are, uh, talking about um, uh, that you've been enlightened, talking about being fallen away, being unable to uh, come back, uh, be unable to repent, uh, to repentance and uh, crucify the Son of God, uh, that they think that once you're saved, and that uh, uh, if you're sin, of course they don't describe what how what the level of sin is, that you can lose your salvation and that you cannot come back uh, to repentance. Okay, so you know as as someone who is you know if you are uh, reformed, you understand that once you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you meant that emphasis on meant, if you meant that and uh, you've truly given your life over to Jesus Christ, we understand, for those who are Reformed, that uh, you cannot lose your salvation. Now, with that said, uh, you know, it could be, you know, be questioned, you know, did, did Jesus really regenerate them? Did they really give their life over to Jesus Christ? You know, and, and time's going to tell one way or the other. You know, that's why we go back to the, uh, uh, the um, oh, goodness, the... Um, the sower, you know, of the seed. You know, there was those that fell on rocky ground, those fell on good ground. Those, uh, you know, so there's seed that, that fell and, and never cultivated. There's seed that fell, but the weeds choked it out. And uh, so we understand and we know that once we give our life over to Jesus Christ, of course, it is a struggle. It is a, it is a, a fight. It is something we have to continue to do. We're going to sin. We're going to mess up. But we understand the grace of God, and we keep persevering, keep pushing forward. But... You know, if this, if the Armenians believe this is true, that you can lose your salvation, all right, if you sin, but you can repent, come back. But then that contradicts what this is saying here, because it's saying here, if and this, they don't want to go there with that, because they're saying, well, if you can lose your salvation, uh, then they're saying here that you you can't come back to repentance. See, they don't want to talk about that. So if that was true. This is not going to going to jive with their thinking, you know, because they say here, you can't, once you follow, you can't repent and come back. And so that's why we understand, all right, that we, uh, that those of us who are saved, giving our life to Jesus Christ, we're not going to lose our salvation. I know Dad has done uh, teachings on um, on uh, Armenian beliefs in, in great detail, and like he said, you know, that'd be a horrible uh, way uh, to go through your spiritual life, thinking you're going to uh, mess up and lose your salvation, and God's not going to want you anymore. That 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 would be terrifying, constantly in fear. Now, uh, you know, uh, obviously we're going to want to um, uh, ask for forgiveness of sins when we mess up. You know, it shouldn't be just something flotty like, oh, I should have said that, forgive me, just half-hearted. No, we need to, you know, we mess up, we need to really be, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me, you know, let me let me try harder, let me let me learn from that, let me do better. And, and there may be some repetition in that same sin until, you know, you're able, Lord, gives you the, the ability to, to see those ways. Remember, when we sin, God always uh, gives us a way out, a way of escape. And so, you know, until the Lord um, really helps us to see those ways of escape, there may be some some uh, of, of, of asking forgiveness, sin, asking forgiveness, sin, you know, kind of getting that, that circle uh, of, that, you know, of, of sinning. But uh, we learn from that keep going. And uh, it is a struggle. It is tough. It is hard. But God's not going to cast you out every time you sin. You know, I'd be like my daughter uh, accidentally, I don't know, uh, 
See, she, uh, see, she drove my car, and she accidentally hit something. And, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be real happy about it. I mean, but obviously it was an accident. You know, she's like, I'm sorry, Daddy, I didn't mean to. And, and I'm like, well, you know, it can be fixed. It'll be fine. You know, I'm not saying I would be that calm, all right, because remember, I'm a little high strung, so I might not always be, react that calmly. But, hey, I, you know, she's still my daughter. I'm going to love her, all right. Well, you know, I don't care. I don't say, well, you messed up. You're out of the house. You're no longer my daughter. Get out of here. I never want to say, well, that would be crazy. You know, any parent that would do that would be insanity, you know, that you would do something like that. Well, God, who is far superior, far loving, far more forgiving uh, than we will ever be, obviously he's going to forgive us too when we mess up. He knows we're going to mess up. You don't understand? God is all-knowing. He knows past present and future, all right? And so he knows you're going to sin. He knows what you're going to do before you do it. So it ain't like a shock that, oh, no, Matt messed up. I didn't realize he was going to do that. That's, that's crazy, all right? That is insanity. So God knows we're going to mess up, but he loves us in spite of that. But we don't need to abuse that, all right? We don't say, well, God's going to forgive me. He knows what I'm going to do, so what does it matter? No, it matters because we want to, to live and that Christ-likeness. We want to strive for that mind of, of Christ. We want to do those things that are pleasing unto God. We want, don't want to live in perpetual sin. We want to do those things that are glorifying unto God. Okay? So don't, you know, we don't want to, you know, and, and that's kind of one thing which we're talking about here is, is we don't make a mockery of what Christ has done for us and his work on the cross. See, every time we sin, you know, it, it is said that, you know, it's like re-crucifying him again. And, uh, you know, that's a horrible thought, uh, uh, to have that illustration in your mind, to think that every time I sin, uh, you know, it's like me driving a, a spike through his hand or, or into his feet or, or you know, uh, golly, that's, whew. But in, in essence, in a way, you know, and that's the one thing, you know, they're, they're warning about here, uh, too, on top of this, is the fact that um, uh, here, they're, the people they're talking to in this particular place, time, and history, is the fact that, you know, they're giving the warning all right, not to go back into Judaism, not to go back out into the into the world, because uh, due to do so is making a mockery, is is, re, is joining those who crucified Christ to the cross, and so it's, it's a warning to them not to go back. Because remember, they the Jews were being persecuted big time uh, and, and for uh, renouncing uh, their their religious uh, ways. Uh, to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So, you know, they're, they're having a lot of, uh, 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 it's really coming down on them big time. So that's why this, the writer of Hebrews here is is saying, hey, don't go back to that. You, you've been, uh, been, you've tasted the good things. You've been enlightened. There's no point in going back uh, to what you once were, all right? And so that's why you need to keep pushing forward. And that, that's why the old devil wants to make the things of the world appealing. You know, it's so easy uh, to want to, Go back out into the world. But for those of us who are saved, we resist that because we want to please God the Father. Those things we once loved, we hated. Those things that we used to hate, we now love. And so we don't want to go back out. That's one thing that, that proves our faith in Christ, that even though we may fall down, we may mess up, we keep pushing forward. We don't want to go back out into the world. We don't want to, uh, to, uh, to be uh, showing apostasy, uh, to be a fake Christian. You know, there's those out there that... Um, uh, just like Dad was talking about, uh, I think it was last week, uh, about this uh, pastor here in the area that uh, supposedly renounced his faith and and uh, said that um, uh, you know he's you know he no longer a Christian, become an atheist. I mean, he just terrible. You know who knows the ramifications of how he hurt 
uh, Christianity with his actions. And that kind of goes back to what this is talking about here, is, is those who try to claim that they were saved and they tasted these things. They, they have first-hand knowledge, supposedly, and it didn't work for them. And so they were going right back out to the world. Well, they, they were never really saved. They were just there to, to make a mockery. They, that's what was where we get, we're looking at that apostasy uh, that, uh, of, the, of individuals out there who are trying to tear down the gospel because they were never really saved. They never really understood, really knew the things of God. You know, and, and really that's kind of going back here to the children of Israel. You know, we look at uh, the land that, uh, that drunk the rain that often falls on, on it and the produces crop, useful for those uh, for whose sake cultivate or receives blessing from God. We see those things. You know, you look at um, the children of Israel. You know, when you look at the blood on the doorpost, you know, that was a type of, of salvation. When you look at uh, uh, the rock, that was a type of cross where they got the water and, the, and, and they were given food and things like that. And, uh, you know, had the pillar of smoke by day and the fire by night. You know, they had all these things, but yet there were so many who were still not truly saved. And how many of uh, people are that are out there who have been revealed the things of God but are still not truly saved? Some who, who go through the acts and the motion but still are not truly saved. And that's what we see in here, too, that said, uh, uh, that for it bears thorns and thistles, worthless, cursed, in other words, near to being cursed, and it's end to be burned, or a symbolic of not only of God's wilderness, but uh, the, the faithlessness and the, the obedience and, and, you know, how they were so close to the promised land, but then had to go right back in the wilderness because of their lack of faith and trust in God. But, you know, another thing that we see here, another scenario in understanding this, of course, we don't, we're just talking about the uh, Armenians and talking about how they think you can lose your salvation, which is, is crazy. Then you have those on the, on the flip side of that uh, who think that, um, uh, that once saved, always saved. In other words, that you can, if you've uh, you know, said the sinner's prayer, that you could even claim to be an atheist or that you can go back out into the world, that you can be just a biggest sinner out there and it doesn't matter because you said that and you're going to heaven that that's crazy too because that's not demonstrating the fruits of the spirit of love joy peace long-suffering goodness kindness faith and self-control uh there it's not demonstrating uh the proper attitude towards christ jesus it's, it's not demonstrating a changed heart you know when you look at that repentance that change of mind if you're having that change of mind that change of direction then then something has to be you know said that you know, you've not either truly understood something or you didn't mean it when you said it because you're not going to want to go back out to do those things in the world. You know, there, there is a limit to that. You can't just sit there and, you know, when you say the sinner's prayer, that's not a, a magical uh, saying, you know, if you will. You know, uh, it, it, it's not like you, it's just some magic words and, and uh, you, you've got to, you're, you're in like Flynn and you got your ticket and you're good to go, so go on out and party it up, you know. That's not how that works. That's not... It's not at all how it works, you know, and so uh, that you know, so that kind of thinking uh, to say that you can just sin and keep sinning uh, just because you said that and your 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 place is secure is wrong, you know. We do understand um, uh, security. We understand that perseverance of the saints. But again, has to come from that changed heart that you truly, again, remember how I emphasized that word meant, that you truly meant what you said. You truly understood repentance. You under, truly understood the atoning work, the substitutionary atonement on the cross, that Christ put his place on the cross for you, that he rose again on the third day. And uh, and you've truly uh, committed and you understand that. And so you want to live for the Lord. It's not just some magical saying and then go back and do whatever. No, you want to live for the Lord. You know, I talked uh, here recently about uh, Dad's, uh, uh, he wrote about uh, personal Savior. And uh, I had 
an unbelievable response. People who went to our website and read that, and several people talked about how they got choked up and how that meant so much to them to read uh, what Daddy wrote and how Christ personally uh, touched his life uh, in that. So if you haven't, uh, if you're watching this this evening and um, you haven't gone and read that, uh, if you get a chance, read that. It's it's really good and how uh, how Dad come to uh, come to be saved and uh, it's it's called personal savior. You definitely want to. Uh, uh, to check that out uh, uh, for sure. So, uh, <clears throat> but going back to this though, you know, we, we have that uh, that Arminian belief. You have that um, uh, the things you can just live however you want to, and uh, and still be saved. And then you know, so we have those things, but we have to understand uh, that uh, that apostasy. We have to understand, you know, we look at this uh, that have fallen away to restore them again to repentance. They are crucifying once again the Son of God to their harm and holding him up to contempt. So, you know, you have to ask yourself, am I making a mockery uh, of, of Christ? Am I making a mockery of uh, the plan of salvation? Am I making a mockery um, of Christianity? You know, am, am I truly, have I truly given my life to the Lord? Have I, have I is my life being a reflection uh, of that saving uh, grace? Am I, am I demonstrating that a thought, word, and deed? You know, we look back through this, you know, it's a constant warning in Hebrews. It's constant encouragement. You know, and there's one, you know, one scenario, too, that we look at that, uh, uh, that it is um, uh, a warning of something that is impossible, all right? And, you know, in fact, Spurgeon had made reference to this, uh, talking about uh, going to the edge of a precipice of a cliff, and that um, uh, that if you uh, were to go over that cliff, that you're screaming out, God help me, and that um, uh, so that you have total dependence upon uh, God uh, in that situation. Uh, but then, you know, it's also to be thought of, well, there's a, a huge fence around that precipice that you cannot climb over, that's impossible to fall over, it's impossible to get over that, uh, and so, you know, and so that this this warning is, is something that is impossible, something that would never happen, that once you're God's, uh, that he's never going to let you go. So why have a convoluted idea, uh, you know, why would the writer have such a convoluted idea of terms and, and scenarios if it's impossible uh, to fall away then and, and then come back to repentance, then, you know, why even have that in there? So there's that scenario, too, people try to put out there to, to say that this really is a warning but how could it be a warning if, you, if it's impossible for it to even happen? So, you know, so you know that's why it could be a little confusing. And and different scenarios, uh, you know, they have good and bad. You have to kind of think about, you know, which which direction you want to want to go in. But obviously, you don't want to go into an Arminian belief. You don't want to go too far and and to saying uh, uh, you're so secure you can just live in the world. You know, there has to be that, that happy medium. Yes, you can backslide. Uh, you know, that, that happens because we do live in a fallen world. Uh, we do, uh, uh, Satan knows our weaknesses. He knows how to get to our, our hearts. He knows how to get to our minds. You know, so you can, you know, slide away if you if you want to, if you will. And uh, because, and I like what Dad always says, you know, that, uh, you know, you have to be somewhere before you can fall backwards. And so that's a good thing, that we can come into repentance, that we can, you know, that even though that we could uh, have a backslide a little bit, uh, we know that God's grace is still there. You know, God didn't go anywhere. You may try to, to go backwards a little bit, but God is always there. 
And that's another thing too, you know, I guess you can kind of look at too is is that you know that once you're saved, you know, you have to continue that journey. You can't go back and and start uh, uh, completely over again. You know, like one person had a scenario that uh, be like saying when you started school and you're halfway through the semester and maybe you're not doing so hot and you think that you can reverse time and start that class over again. Well, it don't work that way. You have to pick up from where you're at and keep pushing forward and do better well that's you know with, with salvation you can't go back to the very beginning but you have to you can continue on from where you're at and keep pushing forward uh and uh trying to grow closer uh to jesus christ each and every day but again we have to be careful uh, you know there's people out there who uh, uh who are uh are showing that that uh, the apostasy that uh, are truly saved and maybe that's one maybe that's where the warning really lies in you know, have you checked your spiritual pulse? You know, ask yourself, have I really prayed that sinner's prayer? You know, you may have grew up in church. You may have went to church every day of your life. You know, that's one thing I was, I think I mentioned this last night uh, with the very, yeah, I think it was last night we was talking, uh, doing our podcast. Church right down the road here. First time my dad ever spoke at that church. Deacon's wife come up to him. Dad thought he was, uh, she was going to tell him something. And she didn't come forward to get saved, a deacon's wife. So that's what I was talking about last night. I don't care. When I ask somebody, you go to church anywhere, they may say, yeah, I go to such and such. been to church here since I was eight years old. I'll still look at them and say, but do you know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior? Because it doesn't matter that they've been to church their whole life if they've never made that profession of faith. So you may have grew up in church your whole life. Your granddaddy, great-granddaddy, and his daddy or whatever might have built that church or always went to that church. And you, your family's always went to that church. In fact, I spoke at a place one time and I said, uh, so I started the guy, said, hey, I don't want to pull you away from here. If you ever get a chance to come out and visit. Nope, nope. My daddy went here and his daddy went here and this is where I go and I'll never go nowhere else. Like, okay, dude, fine. It's just, just an invite, a simple of, you know, uh, no or uh, I'll think about it. You know, I didn't have to have the, the details there. You know, there's some people like it. Don't matter if they're learning. Don't matter if they're growing. Don't matter if they're getting anything out of it. It just, that's, if family's been there, I'll be there. But the point is, there's a lot of people who go, who go into the church doors every time they're open. Could have grew up in the church, but they never prayed the sinner's prayer. They never ex prayed and accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior into their heart. They never done that. And so that's the sad part. You know, that, that's what I was talking about in Barna Group. Now, I haven't, the, the, uh, the statistics may have changed. I don't think it has uh, based on anything I've read, but uh, the three-fourths of a congregation is not even saved. That's a scary thing to know. So we're seeing a warning here that be careful of that falling away and be careful that you have checked your spiritual pulse and that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you have prayed that sinner's prayer, that you have come into repentance, that you understand what Christ has done for you. Just because you're active in a church, just because you come to church, just because you do good things, you know, it doesn't matter if you've not actually prayed that sinner's prayer. So that's one thing we have to be sure of. Am I truly saved? All right. Have I truly made that prayer? Now, I've had some people say, you know, every time uh, I close or dad closes um, out of um, uh, the, you know, when we get done speaking, we, we pray the sinner's prayer. Uh, in the mornings when I do my devotions, I, I pray over the sinner's prayer because, you know, if there's somebody out there watching who have never 
prayed that, they could pray along and they accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I've had people, several people, every time you and your dad pray that, I pray that. Whoa, no, 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 no. See, that's like going back, trying to go back to the beginning. Like I was talking about the, the person in the school that went, you know, they tried to go back to the beginning. You can't. You can't go back to the beginning of your of your salvation. All right. Once you've prayed that prayer, then and then and you meant that, then you're good, man. You have to you don't have to keep praying that. Now, yeah, we will repent when we sin and mess up and ask the Lord to forgive us so we can continue on uh, in our spiritual journey and, and nurture that relationship between us and Christ. Yes, you do that, but you don't keep praying the sinner's prayer over and over. That's that's kind of almost kind of going back to that Armenian belief that thinks that every time they sin, they're going to lose their salvation, but yet they don't know which level of sin <laughs> causes that to happen. You know, so, you know, uh, but... Um, so you don't pray that over and over. So if you're watching, and, you, and and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm not trying to make anybody. Well, he he, that jerk. He's talking about me. No, I'm I'm not. I, I promise God's witness. I have no specific person in mind at all. Zero. I just know throughout the years I've had people tell me that. So if you're watching and say, well, that you know. <laughs> I promise you, uh, uh, there's nobody I can think of that's watching this evening that uh, that, I, that I have in mind. But so I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to explain to you. So that's why we do these studies. That's why we do these teachings so that you can understand, be enlightened. All right, as we're going back to that that word again, being enlightened. Uh, that, uh, that that Jesus is the light of the world. Be enlightened and understand what God's word is telling us, and understand where you're at in your in your walk as a Christian, and to understand have you truly made that sinner's prayer and made that that profession of faith. And that's where I'm driving at this evening. Ask yourself, have I truly prayed that sinner's prayer? Am I putting on a facade? Am I just you know playing a part? You know it. You know as a pastor, it is uh, it is difficult. Sometimes I feel like uh, you know horrible sometimes to get up and preach because I know I'm a sinner. I know I mess up. And, and it makes me feel small to, to get up and, 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 and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ when, you know, I know I'm messing up every day, but I know that God forgives me and I know that God loves me. And all I can do is keep pushing forward. And and um, and that's my encouragement to you. It's not to, to let uh, you know. Sometimes you can feel embarrassed. Sometimes you can feel defeated. Sometimes you can feel that you're not worthy. And guess what? You're not worthy. But Jesus Christ makes you worthy because of His atoning work on the cross. He makes you worthy. And you pick yourself up and you keep fighting and you keep pushing forward. That's the distinction between someone who's truly saved and those who's just playing a part. That when things get tough, they cut and run. See, you know, because if you're truly saved, you're going to keep pushing forward. You're not going to give up. You're going to, you're going to keep your eyes on Christ and realize what you are and, and not give up. But for somebody who's not really saved, just like we was talking about earlier with Diocletian and such, that um, when things got tough and their life was on the line, uh, you know, they, they, they cut bait and run. You know, it's like, uh, in fact, I was reading uh, uh, for tonight's uh, teaching, uh, to said, um, talked talk to um I forgot what the situation was, how it come about. Anyway, it was the uh, uh, French Revolution. And said, uh, uh, how did you uh, uh, get through that? And he said, I survived. Uh, in other words, you know, he just did whatever it took to get through that. And there's some people out there, it, you know, they would renounce Christ in a heartbeat. They would do whatever it takes for them to survive. There may become a time when your faith is going to be tested. Are you going to be able to stand and, you know, it's easy to say, well, I would never denounce God. I would, I would stand in the face of whatever. And, and uh, you know, but when it comes down to it, 
uh, cowardice may set in and you may cut bait and run and there, you know but uh, you know that we don't know what's going to happen if that, if that was to ever happen let's pray, hope and pray that as Christians we'll stand true stand strong for the faith and never never renounce that but the fact is if you ever question uh, yourself as a Christian Am I really saved? Hey, if you wasn't saved, you wouldn't keep trying. You wouldn't keep pushing forward. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want to. You, you you would give up and go right back into the world. But as someone who is saved, you keep pushing forward. It's tough, man. That's why it says narrow is the way. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Broad is the path that leads to destruction because that is the easy way to go. That's why it is tough. That's why it is hard. That's why, you know, I think that's why the devil attacks when I, every time I have to preach or speak, he wants to get me bum-fuzzled. He wants to get me tore up. He wants to make me angry. You know, just like the the, the, the electronics don't want to work this evening. Me and Brandy getting a little tiff and whatever it is, you know, it just, it, that's where the devil wants to work because he wants to get me sidetracked and so that I can't get the word out. But you know what? My God is greater. Everything's working and praise God. We got the good news of the gospel out this evening. And hopefully I was able to explain some things in regards to this passage that maybe you've never thought about this and uh, uh, that you can ponder on and, uh, and understand more in regards to salvation in Christ's atoning work, that you have been enlightened. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you again for this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you uh, for never giving up on us. Thank you for always loving us. Lord, let us strive to have that mind of Christ. Let us never make a mockery uh, of our faith in you. Uh, Lord, help us to understand that when we sin, uh, Lord Jesus, it uh, could very well be like we're crucifying you again. And we, we don't want to do that, Lord. And we want to constantly uh, uh, to do what is right in your eyes. And Lord, to, to understand, when I say to crucify again, to understand the abhorrence of sin in your eyes, that we don't want to hurt you, that we want to honor you, and we want to love you, and that even though we're imperfect, you still love us. So let us keep that in mind, Lord Jesus, to not hurt you, to think before we act. And Lord, if there's anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let her pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I appreciate each and everybody watching this evening, and I pray that you have a good and wonderful and blessed week. And Lord willing, we'll meet again at 7 o'clock, and uh, we'll dive back into God's Word. Thank you for watching, and God bless. Mm -hmm.